every investor needs to not only manage their risk well, but you need to craft the kind of portfolio that allows you to take bigger risks without fear. Welcome, I am Camilla Jeffs, a 20-year student of money. I'm an introvert who started out broke and full of fear. Fast forward to today, where I've conquered the secrets of getting my financial house in order, become a professional investor, and built a business that supports my family. And I'm gonna show you exactly how I did it. We're going to talk about getting in the game as a real investor, building a business to support you, and passing on wealth strategies to the next generation. Think of this as your one-stop shop for all things money. This is The Quiet Wealth Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to The Quiet Wealth Podcast. I'm so excited that you've joined us today, and we are on episode 77, Defensive Wealth Strategies versus Offensive. So I just got back from some really awesome real estate conferences that I've been to. And I sat in a session where the woman was talking about wealth strategies. So of course it was a real estate investor conference, but I really love this session because she talked about things a little bit more broader, which is what we try to do here on Quiet Wealth. You all know that I love investing in real estate, but I also love broadening it and, and kind of rounding out your wealth strategies so that you have the right foot forward. But I love the analogy that she used. And she talked about a queen and her castle, right? So a queen has a castle. If she starts with a castle, the first thing she needs to do is protect that castle fiercely so that nobody else can take it away from her, right? She's got to build up the walls. She's got to make the moat very deep. She's got to make sure she has soldiers that can protect her castle. Then, and only then, once she has completed that, she can send out some of her soldiers to go conquer other lands or other investments, if you will. But she doesn't send all of her soldiers out, right? Some of her soldiers stay at home. And this is critical when you think about your a full wealth building strategy. Like, how are you really going to get to be not only a millionaire, but a multimillionaire, a decamillionaire, you know, all of those other things? How can you really get there? Well, I'm going to spill the beans and give you the strategy that you need to do. So if you think first, this is how you do it, right? Offense, defense, offense, right? So if you think offense first, you've got to go out there and you've got to get an investment or you've got to get some stuff, right? So imagine a teenager or a young adult, maybe it's your child. They have nothing, right? No education, no income, no savings, no retirement accounts, like nothing, right? So what's the first thing a person has to do to build wealth? Well, first you have to make money, right? Offense has to come first. You can't save your way to wealth. Doesn't work, right? Doesn't matter how many Ziploc baggies that you rewash, like my grandma used to do, or paper towels that you reuse and you wash them and try and wring them out and hang them to dry. If you never earn more than the poverty line, you're never going to build wealth. That probably seems obvious, but there's millions of people out there that are doing it wrong, right? They're trying to get wealthy on a low income. So getting wealthy on a moderate income is possible, right? It takes a long, long time and a lot of discipline, but on a low income, just doesn't happen. 
So you have to take care of the offense first. It doesn't mean you should waste money, right? Like I'm a big fan of living frugally, but if you're going to give financial advice to your teenager, tell them to find something to do with their life that meets two things. So number one, earns a lot of money. And number two is reasonably enjoyable. I think the advice we give to young people about follow your passion and pursue just what you love to do is not always great advice because it doesn't come along with the money part, right? There's two parts to this. It needs to earn money, a lot of money in order to be able to build that wealth. And it needs to be enjoyable enough that you can stick with it long enough to get rich, right? Like that would be amazing if it's something you felt passionate about, but maybe your work is your work and your passions are your passions. It doesn't have to be all inclusive. Now, if you think about sports games, right? Football games. Even if they have a perfect defense, you can't win it without any offense. But everybody knows that defense wins the championships, right? So if we think about this in the personal finance realm, the defense means don't do dumb stuff with your money, right? And well, well, what are the dumb things that that people do? You know, even if they have a really high income, people do dumb things. So things like not getting appropriate insurance, like life insurance, disability, health insurance, property, liability. There's so much insurance out there. And I know it's not very fun to pay for insurance, but it's critical and it's important and it's a defensive wealth building strategy. Dumb thing number two is not saving at least 20% of your gross income, right? And and investing that. So not investing at least 20%. Number three, you make poor management decisions with loans. You become too comfortable with debt. Another one, number four, is paying too much in taxes. You've got to learn the tax game and learn how to pay the right amount and not overpay. Not taking advantage of all your available retirement accounts and not having a wise investing plan, and then maybe getting bad advice, right? So when you think about defense, that's when you've got to fix all of that stuff, right? And it's not that hard. I know it can seem overwhelming, but it's really actually not that hard. It's actually easier than the first step, which is to earn a, a high income at something that's reasonably enjoyable. Because you have what you need for success. I mean, if you've already gotten out of college and you're in your 40s and 50s and 60s, you have already kind of done that first part. So the second part, we've just got to get that defense down. So if you think about defensive wealth strategies, it's an investment strategy where you try to minimize your losses on your investments. So the goal here is to reduce the risk of losing principal. And principal just simply means the money that you have, right? So say you earned $100,000 or you're investing $100,000. That's your principal is the $100,000. Anything above that is considered a return, right? So you don't want to lose that principal and you don't ever want to use that principal. Another defensive strategy is like you invest $100,000, you're never going to use that $100,000. You're always going to keep that $100,000 invested and working for you. And then you're going to use the returns that you get from that $100,000. So you want to employ those defensive strategies. So instead of an aggressive one that targets really high growth assets, has a potential for high risk, high reward, you want to think more about defensive strategy to preserve your capital and get still modest growth, right? 
So what are some of the ways that financial advisors tell you to do this? Well, through high quality maturity bonds like U.S. Treasury notes, ETFs, exchange traded funds that kind of mimic the market, large stocks like blue chip stocks or dividend paying stocks and, and things like that, or even you know cash, money market accounts, CDs. Those are all considered very defensive, but they also don't give you very much as well, right? Another defensive strategy is diversifying your portfolio. So spread it across a wide range of assets, and that kind of reduces your risk as well. Now, if we talk about investing in real estate, I've said it before, and I'll keep saying it, every investment comes with some level of risk, and it's no surprise, right? But your risk tolerance really varies based on your personality, your financial circumstances, your goals, your experiences, and our knowledge of how to invest and manage money is also factored into there. But I'm not here to tell you what level of risk is right or wrong for you, but every investor needs to not only manage their risk well, but you need to craft the kind of portfolio that allows you to take bigger risks without fear. So what's a risk is a risk to somebody on the street. Investing in a single family home might seem super risky and others are like, oh, that's really pretty basic, right? And so it just kind of depends on your own level of fear too. So you have to develop your portfolio with a firm foundation, right? So think of the foundation, you've got your castle, has to be built defensively with really tight risk management. You don't want anybody being able to come in. So you have to make sure every wall of your castle is shored up and there's no weak spots, right? And then it's kind of a low risk investment. So real estate has proven itself time and time again to be a solid investment class. I mean, it's still the preferred investment method of some of the wealthiest people around, like Andrew Carnegie, right? He famously said, 90% of all millionaires become so through owning real estate. And the wise young person or wage earner of today invests their money in real estate. But there's different asset classes. And so you really want to target the right class. Just make sure because every asset class has a different level of risk. For example, like in 2020, so single family residential real estate just started going crazy. It was growing, right? But at the same time, hospitality like hotels and office and retail all just really struggled. Now, remember 2020 pandemic? It was the COVID. That's how my mother-in-law says it. It's the COVID. Those sectors will bounce back. Hotels will come back. Office will come back. It'll come back in a different way, though, right? But they're very, very tied to the economy. So something like a pandemic is not uncommon, but There's lots of economic twists and turns that have higher unemployment, slower wage growth, and that really impacts non-residential real estate more profoundly. But single-family residential and multifamily residential is really known to be the most tenacious and desirable type of real estate because there's always demand for it. People need a place to live, period. Now, one of the mistakes, one of the biggest mistakes a new investor makes is scaling too much too fast. So you have to scale your portfolio to build real wealth, but timing is important. And you can refer to my last podcast episode about when is the best time to invest. 
because investors know that don't invest more than you're willing to lose. And borrowing can be really easy in real estate. And it's one of the key benefits of real estate investing because you can leverage that money. But if you borrow too much, it really overextends yourself and your resources because now you have more debt. The properties demand more from you. So be really careful when you scale and scale when it makes sense, scale when you can comfortably take on another investment and just be cognizant of how your investments really stretch your resources and make sure you're managing those wisely. It's okay to scale incrementally. It's okay to buy one asset a year. In fact, the plan that I put together for investors, like if you want to be a passive investor and you're not interested in the active side of it, but you want to still add real estate to your portfolio, I put together a 10-year plan. And it's very simple. It's invest in one group investment per year for 10 years. And that is just very incremental, steady growth. And that can be another defensive strategy. Another strategy is is to leverage experience, right? So we all know about leveraging money, but you can leverage other people's experience. That's why group investing is so powerful because you join a group and that's leveraging other people's experience. You just have to make sure you join the right group and to make sure that the people that you're investing with know what they're doing, right? But also you can leverage your experience just by going to networking events and, and or you can mentor under more experienced investors. It also means leveraging property managers, contractors, turnkey companies, accountants, lawyers, all of those people who have experience with real estate. So you can really take advantage of a lot of experience out there. It saves you a ton of time and hassle, but it also reduces your risk exposure. So remember, right? Step one here is to get yourself a reasonably high income. That's your offense, right? Get a high income, get your castle. Step two is to be defensive by putting a system in place. It's how you manage money, includes your insurance plan, asset protection, investing, debt management, spending, your giving plan, and even your estate plan. And then after you get all those pieces in place, it pretty much goes on autopilot, right? And you don't need six different ways to invest. You only need one, right? You don't have to buy disability insurance every year. You just buy it once and then you have it go, right? And you can, of course, you can revisit it at certain times during your life. But most of that stuff goes on autopilot eventually. But what you created with the systems is a funnel that directs any unspent money exactly where it needs to go. And then you improve that funnel, right? You just keep working on it, keep working on it, but you don't have to work on it every single time, right? Then you can move on to step three, which involves pouring more money into the funnel. So step one, get your high income. Step two, get your defensive strategies in place. And then step three is where you start really accelerating your wealth building, right? It's reaching your goals faster. And so you don't have to continually work on more and more defense because once your castle is shored up, now you can send your soldiers out to conquer more land. Now, remember, you don't send all of them out, right? You don't send all of your money out to conquer new land. You keep some in your castle. 
And then you allow your soldiers to go out and bring back more soldiers to you, right? To go grab that gold and bring it back to you in your castle. So if you're already investing 30% of your income, you don't have to spend more time on frugality and fire blogs, right? So you just tweak your asset allocation and doing all of those things, right? The truth is someone who's done a good job at step one and step two can reach enough eventually, right? So if you're fine with that, or if you already have enough, so maybe you 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 hit your million, you're, you got your two million, right? And you have a, a net worth of two million and you're like, you know what? I'm good, right? I, wa- I just want to go out and enjoy my family, my hobbies. Excellent. I love that. Applaud you. So excited for you, right? If you want more and if you want to pursue more, excellent. I applaud that. Awesome, right? But it's going to mean taking a little bit different steps, right? So you got to make sure that your soldiers have a little higher training than someone who is okay with what they have already built and achieved, right? If someone's just hunkering down, their soldiers don't need the aggressive training that your soldiers might need. So what does that mean? Maybe taking on an even higher paying job, right? It might be doing a side hustle or some kind of entrepreneurial pursuit to increase the flow of money coming in so that you can then invest that into more and more assets, right? But really recognize where you are at in your financial life and then focus on what will make the biggest difference now in your situation. And just realize the highest profile, like professional real estate developers and investors out there, like if you want to search the news and find out who they are, they're typically those who have won big or lost big, right? They really made their names by taking these huge risks. And in some cases, they paid off amazingly. And in other cases, they crashed and burned. It's been, it's interesting to talk to people who have built like billionaires because many of them crashed and burned and lost millions before they made their billions. Now, you don't have to live that kind of lifestyle and roller coaster. And that's not really what I advocate at Quiet Wealth. I'm advocating go on the offense and be very, very critical on your defense. And then if you want to, you can do more offense, right? But real estate investing, it's not just for the high flyers with nothing to lose, right? Quite the opposite is true. Investors can take defensive approach to build wealth through real estate, especially because there's such huge tax advantages and that rewards a ton of people. So four quick tips, right? Four quick tips for a real estate portfolio. So tip number one is to avoid the recession-prone, highly volatile real estate classes. We talked about some of those, right? Tip number two, don't load up on debt. Tip number three, don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? So don't go invest in just one thing. Like don't spend all all $500,000 that you have on one asset. You want to spread that out. And tip number four is to co-invest with other people who have similar goals and appetites for risk. And it's interesting how co-investing is actually a more defensive play than investing solo because it doesn't tie up the majority of your net worth in one single asset. As the queen of your castle, you must shore up what you have before trying to conquer more. So if you follow this strategy, you know, First, you have to conquer, right? You have to have something to shore up. So conquer that, shore it up. 
Go conquer another one. Shore that one up. Conquer another one. Shore that one up. And you just repeat, repeat, repeat. You're going to be the greatest queen of all time. That's what I have for you today. Thanks for joining. Please share this episode with another queen that you know who needs some advice on defensive strategies to make sure that they don't lose their castle. Well, thanks so much for joining and bye for now. Thanks so much for joining me on the Quiet Wealth Podcast. If you want more, head on over to camillajeffs.com forward slash podcast to get the show notes and dive into other episodes. While you're there, be sure to grab the free guide to building wealth. And if you know a friend who is struggling with money, please send this episode to them. Let's share the wealth in as many ways as we can. Until next time, much success.